Luke chapter 5 and verse number 1. If you have your Bibles, again, to all of our guests that are here, we are so blessed that you would take time to be with us. And we want you to come back. Tonight's going to be, oh, I can't even begin to tell you how powerful tonight's going to be. I've been feeling this for a while. I believe it's ordered of the Lord. And I want you to pray today for Brother Lewis that God would speak to him for this church. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships which was Simon, this is Simon Peter, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Somebody say he's going deeper. So he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he was finished speaking, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon... Launch out into the deep. Somebody say that with me this morning. Go a little deeper. And when you go out into the deep, he said, I want you to let down your nets for a draught. This is a, a catch. The catch is coming. The harvest is coming. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night, and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, and right here is the most powerful alignment, because you said so. I'm not, I'm not questioning what I've been through, and I'm not questioning where I am. I'm just saying because you said so, we're going to let down our net. And when they had done this, this really could preach itself. When they had done this, they did it because he said so. And when they did, they enclosed. Everybody say they kept it. A great multitude of fish and their net break. As a matter of fact, there were so many, the scripture said, that they called their neighbors to come help them. When we get to the deep places of God, we're not going to be able to contain everything that he's doing it's going to be so big, we're going to have to get neighbors to come help us. Amen. So when Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet. And he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I want to preach to you this morning, if I can, with the help of the Lord. I really need the Lord to help us. But I want to preach to you, launch out into the deep launch out into the deep amen you may be seated this morning there is uh there's a stirring in the holy ghost i want to if i could this morning before we get out into the deep i want to share my heart with you and tell you to be certain that you are in a place spiritually right now where you're staying closely connected with God. 
I don't have a lot of time to go into the depths of all this, but I do want you to understand that the devil loves the month of October. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. The devil loves the month of October. It was Anton LaVey who was the head of the Church of Satan. He started the Church of Satan, the founder of it. He said that, he said that Lucifer loves October because it's one time of the month that every Christian worships Satan. I, I want to tell you that there's some distractions that are going on right now. And we better keep our loins girt about with truth. But pastor, we need to be open-minded. I, I refuse to be open-minded. Some folks are so open-minded, their brains are falling out. Come on. We better be careful the things that we're entertaining because the enemy likes to make it cute. Woo-wee. He likes to make it cute. He wants us to be desensitized to how the enemy is working. The Word of God tells us to be wise to the devil's devices. To be wise to his devices. When you're wise to his devices, you don't have to recover from an injury from the device. Well, when you're wise to his devices, that means you know how he's going to do it. You know how he's going to try to do that. And you don't have to recover because you're broken from the device in your life. You can be free from that today. Uh, during this time, and I, I, again, I, I, don't, I, I don't have time to really go into the depths of all this. But if you study how all of this works and, and the ways of witchcraft, and I'm not encouraging you to do that. I'm just saying to you that at this time of the year, that there is a lot of spiritual activity in the way that things move and principalities are moving and covens, uh, church gatherings, if you could put it like that, in our, in our language, groups that gather together in witchcraft and they pray and they're fasting they're separating themselves the way that they work. It's all in movement right now. It works all the time. But this time of the year, it's easy for people to get distracted. And I want to tell you, the reason I'm saying this to you is that the most distracted people are the ones that stand in the shallowest of waters. It's going to be a haul this morning. I feel it. I watched this weekend as a major large percentage of our movement was so enamored and infatuated with college football. I watched posts of people that are shouting, dancing, literally, shouting, dancing, bouncing up and down. I'm talking about preachers that their families are posting, felt like they were tearing my house apart today over a college football game. And it's funny to me because I've never seen those same guys dance and shout at a conference. Can I tell you, at some point, we're going to have to admit we've fallen in love with this present world. At some point, we're going to have to admit that we love the things of this world. But the Spirit of God is calling us out of the shallows. Out of the shallow end of the water. Well, pastor, that's the way it's always been. And that's why it can't be that way anymore. 
If we're going to go to a deeper place in God, then we're going to literally have to go to a deeper place. It's not just something we talk about. It's not just something we glory about. Listen, we don't get excited about everything the world gets excited about. It's time that we get excited about what the Spirit is saying to the church. There is, uh, there's so much that we could talk about, but in Luke chapter 5, the Spirit of the Lord said that Jesus was attracting people. They were attracted to His ministry and He began to teach them. And there is a principle in here That is so powerful that he's teaching them. And the Bible said there got to be a lot of them. And Jesus was surrounded. And so he needed a little bit of space where he could teach. And he knew that not everybody that was with him was going to follow him when he was done. But he wanted a pulpit, a platform, so to speak, to stand on and teach to them. And so he stepped out into an empty boat. And there the Bible said that he stepped up into that boat. And there he began to teach. And he asked the owner of the boat, who was Simon Peter... He said, could you push me out just a little bit deeper? Now, this is the place where most people get left behind, where they go just deep enough that they can hear what he's teaching. But there is a powerful underlying principle that's here. In the shallow ends, you hear what's taught. Everybody say what's taught. But when he launched out into the deep, those that were with him in the deep places had not only heard what was taught, they experienced what was caught. The reason some people are still trying to decide if holiness is right is because they're basing it on what they've been taught alone. But true holiness is not just taught. True holiness is caught. It's not something you do because you've been guilted into doing it. Nobody can guilt you into falling in love with Jesus. When you finally catch on to the goodness of God, nobody has to beg you to love him. Nobody has to beg you to serve him. Nobody has to beg you to follow him. When you realize how good God's been and how good God is, you want to follow him. When you stand in the shallow end, you're constantly contemplating what is and what is not necessary. When you move into the deep places of God, you don't care what's necessary. Come on now. We're a movement that talks all the time about we're going to to another level. I don't think I've been to a conference in the last 20 years that somebody at some point didn't stand up in the pulpit and say, ah, we're going to another level in this place. What's that mean? I don't want to lose y'all here this morning. Everybody okay? Fall break must be good to some of you. You're drowsy this morning. What's it mean we're going to another level? Does that mean that we're going to get more doodads in church than we had last Sunday? What does it mean that we're going to a deeper place, to a a higher height in Him? To another level in Him. What does that mean? That we're going to have better church? 
You see how the Lord's been talking to me. This is how God's been dealing with me. He said, son, when you seek me for more of me, are you talking about more of what you feel when you're at church? Are you talking about more of what you feel when I take you into deep places and you realize it's going to cost you more than it's ever cost you? But you're not worried about the cost because you know what's going to be caught in the deep places. You know, men are funny. I'm going to pick on men because I are one. Men are funny. We justify things in a lot of ways. Now, I certainly don't want to hurt nobody's business, especially, especially Brother Tony's business. This time of year is a big time of year for Brother Tony Gert's business. You know, it's deer hunting season. And uh, thank God, I think all my deer hunters are here this morning. Praise God. Uh, we're funny, though. We talk about harvesting meat for our family, you know. By the time we buy everything it takes to. Somebody asked me about my bow, you know, that I got. I said, well, you want to know how much I paid or how much my wife thinks it's worth, you know. <laughs> going to be a sad day if I die first. She starts getting rid of all my guns for what she thinks I paid for them, you know? I mean, not that I have guns. They got lost in that boat wreck. I don't know if you guys remember that. But But some people, some people are like, they're all in. Here this summer, we started... uh, we started playing. Why are you laughing? We started playing pickleball. Well, pickleball's fun, but pickleball's not near as much fun with a $10 paddle as it is with a good paddle. And so, before I know it, man, we're at the park and everybody starts playing pickleball, and it's not like an organized event. It's just like we just start. Playing pickleball and so and so. Hey, I'm going to play. And we showed up one night. We were at 38th Street. There wasn't a court available. And it was all our church people. It's the truth. We were at Pulaski Park. There were people standing around the fence, and every court was taken up. Four people on every court. It was amazing to watch. And people are all in. We know the deal of the week on Amazon for the pickleball paddles, we know which ones went on sale. And, uh, you know, we start deer hunting, we start playing pickleball, you start playing golf, you play three rounds, and you're like, that's the thing I want to do. And next thing you know, you're talking to a golfer up and you're buying new clubs. It's like, we're all in. We're all in with what we're doing in the moment. And I'm using this to draw a parallel for you. When you make the decision that you're going to go deeper and that's the thing you're going to play and that's the thing you're going to do, you start buying into different levels of commitment. Now, I'm not going to talk about how fickle people are and those new clubs that sit in the corner and they don't play for five, six more years. Because some folk, they'll play a couple rounds or, the, you know, and then they're hardly just something they just polish on, right? Whew. He said, that ain't right. When you fall in love with doing something, nobody has to beg you to do it. Nobody has to ask you to buy in. Now, forgive me. 
I'm not trying to promote anything in here or nothing like that, so don't read past this. But nobody has to tell you whether it's a good deal or not. If you want to pay the price, you don't care what kind of deal it is. If it's going to make you better at what you're playing and you're going to go deeper in what you're playing, you'll start paying the price. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, we, we, like, we like the look good part. You know, you, you can... I've, I've played lots of sports in my life. I try to play a lot of golf right now. It's not doing me any good because I'm not getting any better. But I've played golf with guys that when they show up, you'd think they're ready for the PGA Tour, man. They're dressed to the max. I mean, they got it all. Got clubs that look like, man, they just came out of the factory. They're ready to rock and roll. And after about two or three holes, you're like, man, what in the world? Where do these guys come from? What I'm saying is just because somebody can show up on the weekend and dress like the park, they got it all looking right, but you can tell about two or three days in to the journey if they're really, really bought in or not. God's not looking for people who are good at playing theater. God's not looking for people who are good at playing the act. God's looking for somebody that says, I'm hungry for you and whatever you want to do in me, God, I'm willing to pay the price. I've been doing this all my life and the the earliest part of uh, my life until several years ago, I was actively involved in music. I've been a musician all my life, and I've been blessed to play music with a lot of people. I've been very blessed to do that. But uh, you find out that when it comes to people, Brother Shaw, you would know this. You've done this all your life. That when Just because somebody can play the part on Sunday doesn't mean they want to live that part on Monday. Our choir, our church choir was invited one time to sing at a, a denominal church here in town. And they were having this big music deal. And so we, we acquiesced and, and we went. And there were a couple other groups before us. And then our choir got up to sing. But the musicians, we were sitting up getting ready you know, to go in because every drummer has to readjust the drums. And every bass player has to get their own amp. And it's just kind of the way it is. And so we're waiting on our turn. And the boys that were playing music from... From that other church, we're up there talking back and forth during the music while the choir was singing, and uh, I don't I don't even remember their names. I just remember one of them. He went by Peanut, and Peanut was playing the bass, and he was talking with the drummer and the keyboard player, and they were watching their clock closely. They were watching th- their watches very closely because they had to go early in the night before we went in the night uh, to sing. Because they had an appointment that night. They were scheduled to play at the local club here in Anderson. I'm talking about they're up up on the platform juking and jiving and Jesus this and Jesus that. But they're scheduled that night to be playing at the dance club. I want to go deeper. Do we really? How hungry are we for the depths, the immeasurable depths of the goodness of God? Are we satisfied with a Sunday quick hit? Oh, I'm going to preach in here. I'm I'm just digging deep right now. I'm trying to get some things dug up in here. Do you understand that a lot of Christians are no different than drug addicts? Because we're addicted to the feeling. 
But it's the same thing that happens with a drug addict. They got addicted and they justify the addiction because a doctor prescribed it. And they've got pain and the doctor prescribes it. And so they keep on taking it and taking it and taking it. But they realize when the drug wears off that the pain is still there. And some of us come on Sunday and we get a quick Holy Ghost hit. And we get a quick Holy Ghost high. But when we leave the house of God, we realize the same thing that's been dragging us down is still there can i tell you there's some things that you can't take with you to the deep i'm I'm not here to preach on my soapbox this morning but i'm telling you what the lord is calling us to i don't believe the closer we get to the coming of the lord that god is going to require less consecration out of us i don't believe the closer we get to the coming of the lord that god is going to require less church and less attendance and less faithfulness i believe that the spirit of god is calling this rapture generation away from the shallows into the deep things of God years ago we, we, we laughed a lot I had this, this, this sermon and it wasn't just making fun it was but it, it, it had circulated the loose connection was what it was called this guy was preaching one of the things we laughed about was he had this real country accent and preached for 15, 20 minutes, never said anything that made sense at all. But he got to preaching. He said, folks, God's getting tired of folks playing church. And we used to just laugh about God getting tired of folks playing church. You know, we just laugh. Do you know what? Me and that old boy agree. God, God's getting tired of folks that are just playing church. We, we have this professional policy that we buy into as apostolics. Oh, I'm fixing to dig in deep here. I hope y'all love me when I'm done. But I want to tell you, we don't have a monopoly on a move of God because we've been born again the Bible way. Forgive me today if it sounds like I'm trying to be mean or hurt somebody. I'm not. I'm just telling you the Spirit's been pricking my heart. And I want to tell you what God is going to do if we're not careful. He's going to walk away from churches that have preached the truth because they don't love the truth. And God's going to send a move of His Spirit into a congregation of people that are hungry and they've never been baptized in Jesus' name. And they've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And God is going to fill them with his spirit Mm. I don't know if this is as tough to receive as it is to send this morning but I feel, I'm pushing against that traditional spirit in this room this morning. I'm pushing against that spirit that says I'm faithful because I come to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night. I thank God that you're here and you're the reason why we gather here together. Thank God that you're here and thank God that you're faithful. But I want you to understand that you are not faithful to God just because you're faithful to the house of God. Something has to happen in your life that this is not just something we do. It's something that we are. And God is calling us into a deeper place. I want to make a statement that I'm going to stand on. I don't believe you can be saved without being faithful to church. But being faithful to church doesn't mean you're saved. 
we come to the house of the Lord and we've got this mindset. Please don't think I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be ugly to you. I thank God that you love preaching. But we come sometimes and act like preaching's a shot. I got to come get my fix. I just need, oh, I wonder what we're going to hear today. I got to get another fix. Listen, I thank God that this church loves preaching. But I had better not be the only source of the word of God that you're getting on a weekly basis. We got to get this book and open it up and get it in our spirits and get it in our hearts. I want him to hide his word in my heart that I might, that I might not sin against God. Oh, God, help us this morning. He said to Simon, he said, I want you to launch out into the deep. And there's always that moment in your heart when you launch out into deep things that you start questioning where you've been. I'm going to preach a little revelation to you here right now, okay? He said, launch out into the deep. And Simon said, Lord, I was there all night. There's a difference in just going deep places and going to the deep places that God tells you to go. Because you can start searching deep places in your flesh. And you can find things that are way bigger than you that you don't need to mess with. I don't remember the fullness of the story, but my uncle, Mike, my mother's told me the story before. Sister Bingham may know the full story, but my uncle Mike got to reading some things uh, about new age or whatever when, when he was younger. And in the middle of the night, there was a spirit that came in his room, had a wrestling match. you remember that story, Memo? He got to reading, I don't remember the author's name, McLean or something like that. No offense. And... Uh, Got to reading about this witchcraft stuff, whatever. And in the middle of the night, this spirit physically manifested and wrestled with him in his room. And he realized in that moment, what it was from was the things that he was entertaining. Oh, God. I don't know why sometimes we've got to have visitations like that before we realize what we've been entertaining is not healthy. You know, when when we're tapped into the Holy Ghost, there's going to be a flag in your spirit. When you start to watch that, the Spirit's going to say, ah. Yeah, but I, I used to watch that. Yeah, but you're different now. I used to be able to go there and watch that. And I didn't have any problem, but this feels abrasive. It's called the Holy Ghost. I used to be able to read that and it didn't cause me any trouble. But now every time I entertain that, I feel something contrary in my spirit. It's the Holy Ghost. Oh God. I feel like I got a deep plow on the tractor this morning. I I, I was driving through my neighborhood the other day and this woman... I've seen her out a couple times, so that's the only reason I know it's a woman that lives there. This woman put this uh, huge, I've never seen anything like it this time of year. But she put the biggest skeleton I've ever seen in my life in her yard. I bet you it's, 
I'd say 10 or 12 feet tall. Just looks like a big person, you know, a big giant. And uh, you can say I'm making a mountain out of a hill or whatever. I drove by that the other day. And I thought to myself, when I drove by and I saw it, I just got this quickening of my spirit. Do people understand what they're messing with with the spirit of Nephilim? I mean, do you even understand what you put in your yard matters? You know these giants that were in the land, Genesis chapter 6, these giants that were in the land and what that thing is imitating, a big large man giant, is the very reason that the Lord destroyed the earth with a flood because the wickedness of man had been perverted with the wickedness of fallen angels. It was a dangerous place to be. And now we just put it out in the yard like we don't even know what's going on. Folks, listen to me. I'm telling you, it ought to trouble us when we get into the deep places of God there's things that used to not trouble us at all that ought to bother us something fierce there's a I know I'm going to sound mean there's people here that don't know me but there's a stupid haunted house in this town that every time I drive by it brother Wendell if I think of it when I go by there I start praying God close the doors of that place I'm sick of the spirits they're entertaining. And this is not their town. This is God's town. But you know what frustrates me to death is when people that want to go deeper get to praying against those spirits and then apostolic people start posting on the internet. We had a great time tonight at so-and-so. I want to tell you God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't want to drag my children around to where they're going to live in a constant state of fear because of demonic power and oppression. I I may not even leave this up online because it's going to make some folks mad, but I'm just telling you. I made up my mind. I can't answer for anybody else's church. But as for me in my house. And as for me in this church. There's some things we're just not going to do. There's just some things we're not going to tolerate. I'm not picking on anybody. And I love everybody. But I'm telling you. As for me in my house. And as for us in this church. There's some things we're just not going to do. And one of those is. I'm not going to entertain spirits. During the week. That we have cast out on a Sunday. You have a showdown with witchcraft one time in your life and you'll rethink it. My mother and daddy let me spend a night. We were preaching uh, in a certain state and this boy wanted me to stay the night with him great family good people my mother and dad let me go spend the night and I was introduced for the first time in my life to Freddy Cougar and Nightmare on Elm Street I'm not talking about we went to the worldly kids neighbor's house I'm talking about we went to an apostolic family's house mom and dad went to bed and me and the boy sat in the living room. He's like, man, have you ever seen Freddy Cougar? I'm like, no, is he related to Mr. Rogers? 
I didn't really say that. I'm like, no, I don't know him. I, what, what is it? Oh, you're going to love this. Folks, you listen to what I'm telling you. I'm not talking about for days. I'm talking about for weeks and months. Perhaps even into the years. I'd fall asleep. And I would wake up knowing that that spirit of fear that was propagated by that film. Well, my kids don't know they're in bed. Okay. Go ahead and close their door where they can't hear it. Turn up their sound machine. But spirits don't care how loud their sound machine is. The Holy Ghost is calling us deeper. We've got to get out of the shallow end and get to the place where we are convicted about things that we used to not be convicted about. I'm telling you, I'm not preaching in my flesh today. I'm preaching against the spirit of flesh because it's flesh that wants us to stay in the shallow end. When you get into the deep things of God, you feel conviction about things that didn't convict you before. That's why we like the shallow end. It's not as expensive and it doesn't cost as much. Somebody help me now. Deep. He said, come out into the deep. And he said, Lord, I tried. But because you said it. Have you ever noticed sometimes God does things that you just don't, you don't understand? It's like, I was just there. I know that there are no fish there. I was just washing my net of frustration because I just came out of that deep place. But because you said it, I'm going to try. I don't have to understand. Folks, believe it however you want to believe it. But if you could put on a spiritual scuba suit with me and stand underneath the surface of that water, I want to tell you that all night long when he toiled... It would have been like taking a pepper shaker and throwing it up into the wind and just letting the pepper fall where it wants to. Fish were scattered everywhere. But when Jesus said, launch out into the deep, fish from every corner of that lake began to swim toward that vessel. And the answer, Lord, I feel something in this. And the answer was just waiting on obedience. The answer was just waiting on him to launch out. All of the things that were scattered in the night, now that the Lord had spoken the word, was just sitting there waiting and staring in the direction of the vessel so that when he obeyed the voice of God and the nets went into the water, that he's no longer chasing the fish. The answer is chasing him. Some of you have been chasing after answers and you're like, God, I don't know why I can't get an answer. There is one thing that's going to change this level and that is obedience. You're going to go from pursuing the answer to the answer pursuing you. Y'all still with me? I'm about done. I'm trying. I was so excited this morning. I just knew somebody was going to hear what I was saying in this place. I believe you're going to. Yes, sir. 
In Luke 5, he said, I want you to launch out into the deep. That word deep in the Greek is very interesting because it is the word bathos or bathos. Anybody in here have any idea where we might see a root of bath? In that, it's bath, it's depths, it's water. That's why when we take a bath, hopefully... Oh, I'm going to leave it alone. Hopefully it's deep enough to wash something off. But I was doing a word study this week. Last week I preached to you. I think it was on Sunday night last week that I was in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we were talking about going deeper into the things of the Spirit of God. Where uh, the title of it was, I'm not waiting on heaven. I talked about the famous scripture, 1 Corinthians 2 and 10, that everybody talks about. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. But God has prepared for them that love him. And we always preach that from perspective of there's some things you just won't know till you get to heaven. But that's, that's not the case because the very next verse said, but the Spirit hath revealed it unto us. Right? The Spirit hath revealed them unto us. But I want to show you in, in 2 and 10 what this says. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 10. I want to connect some things. I didn't realize this when I was studying Luke 5 this week that this was connected. But it's amazing how God does. He just connects things in the spirit. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Somebody say things. Yea, the deep things of God. So I was doing a word search, a word study on Luke chapter 5 when the Lord told Simon Peter to launch out into the bathos. He said, launch out into the bathos. As I began to study that word itself, I found out it has several different meanings, uh, or several different times that it's used. It's often used with deeps, uh, depths, uh, into the deep, deeper. And then at the end of that list, it's used one other time. The word bathos is used one other time. And the word is things. I began to look. And it's this word right here. But God hath revealed him unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all bathos. The spirit searches in deep places. He said the spirit searches the deep bathos of God. I don't understand, Pastor, how all of that work with Simon Peter, that he fished all night and didn't catch anything. But when, he, when the Lord told him to launch out into the deep that he caught it, it's because he moved into the place where the Spirit's searching. When you get into the depths of what God is speaking... Oh, Lord, I'm fixing to get tough on somebody right here. When you start hearing what God is speaking, you don't care what your friends are speaking. Because you're going to have friends that are going to look at you and say, that's not necessary. God doesn't require that of you. But when you heard the voice of the Spirit say, come on a little deeper. People are going to start saying to you, I believe I can be saved without that. You know what I got to say? I'll let you take your chances. Because I heard the voice of the Lord saying, launch out. 
Verse 11, for what man knoweth the things of man? Say, the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. I'm not saying this again to hurt anybody. I'm not casting any stones at anybody. But I want to tell you, that's why I have trouble with men that I know that are so carnal. They're so carnal, but they're telling us, Brother Snow, they got new revelation. They're led around by their flesh. They're led around by a carnal spirit and then stand up in their pulpit and say, I used to preach against this and I used to say this was necessary, but it's not anymore. The apostle said, no man knows the things of God. You've got to get into the deep places of the spirit of God if you're going to know what God is saying. In other words, you're not going to hear the voice of God coming across the television. You're not going to hear the voice of God We got to be so careful with the things that we entertain in our lives. They are voice blockers. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. And for what reason? That we might know the things. Oh, I wish people could see this because they're always counting the cost. Well, I just think that I just don't think God expects it. No, you listen. The things that are freely given to us of God. God don't give free things to people that haven't paid the price to posture yourself to be ready to receive that. I know what the world says. The world says less, 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 less. Less of God, less of God. More of you, more of you. You need to be happy. You need to be happy. You need to be happy. Do what makes you happy. Yet the apostle said, I must decrease. John, I've got to decrease so that he, he's he's got to increase in me. I don't care about my kingdom. I don't care about my castles. I don't care about my will. I want the will of God. I don't care about what makes me happy. Because what makes me happy is pleasing God. Listen church, I'm reaching for you today with all of my might. If I made you uncomfortable today, I rejoice in the spirit of God working in your life. I'm not here today to frown on anybody. I'm not here today to hurt anybody. But I'm telling you there are places that God wants us to go and we cannot get there by a carnal vehicle Uh, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Ghost I'm not asking anybody to raise your hand I'm not asking anybody to say yeah pastor that's me or what I'm just asking you to search your heart right now When was the last time you knew that you heard the voice of the Spirit? Somebody said to me the other day, Pastor, what what does it sound like when God speaks to you? I wonder, can you answer that question today? What does it sound like? How do you know you've heard from God? How do we even know? Because I've had people sit in my office through the years and say, I heard from God, me and my family, we're going to go... We, we feel okay. We're, we're going to go do this. There's red flags everywhere. And we're saying, oh, please don't. Please, please don't. Don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah, I, I, the Lord said it was okay. Whew. Had a guy come to my dad. There was a pastor down south that had 
started messing with crazy false doctrine. This guy came to my dad and he said, I'm moving my family down there to support this work and what that guy's doing. My dad said, oh, brother, please don't do that to your family. I'm telling you, it's not a healthy place to be. He said, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I put a fleece before God. Bishop said, well, tell me about the fleece. He said, I told God I'd know it was his will if these, these three things happened. And my dad said, well, they happened. He said, well, two of the three did. So you're, you're going to stand on a two out of three chance. Can I tell you today, not one of his children, not one, are in truth. Yeah, but, but that's, what, that's what God told me to do. We better be careful what we're blaming on God. I started to apologize for making some people uncomfortable a few minutes ago, but I, I'm not going to apologize today. If the Spirit of God is moving and working in you, I want you to let that kindness of God begin to lead you to a place of repentance where you're so hungry for God that you'll do anything you've got to do. You'll do whatever you've got to do. You know what will fix a bad spirit? It'll shock you how quickly a three to seven day fast will fix a bad spirit. God if it's leading you closer to God it's of God if it's leading you back to things that he used to convict you about come on now I appreciate the three of you that are helping me on that I said if it's leading you back to your old man it's not God if it's leading you back Well, Brother St. Clair, I was reading the other day, and I believe that we have biblical precedents that we can now social drink. Okay. Well, the scripture does not say explicitly that thou shalt not drink. Okay. It also doesn't say thou shalt not smoke weed. It also does not say thou shalt not shoot up heroin. Come on, folks. There's things that the Spirit will tell you that's relevant. Do you know why the, the Scripture did not explicitly speak against the nature of Hollywood, but it spoke against the sin of the Spirit? It's because Hollywood didn't exist in the days of Jerusalem. I'm a, but something in your Holy Ghost has got to know when that's contrary to the Spirit that's talking in my life, it's not healthy for me. I'm never going to get to where, where I needed to go, but Ezekiel chapter 47. If you get in the book of Ezekiel chapter 47, you start reading that story. Scripture said that Ezekiel was in a vision. He was in a deep vision and the Spirit of God had taken him to the doors of the house of the Lord. And the Bible said that God brought him to this doorway and he began to see water. Coming out of the right side of it. The third verse of 47th chapter. He said that the waters came out. And it was waters to the ankles. But I want you to notice what it says right here. He brought me through the waters. Waters to the ankles. Again he measured a thousand. What's this line say right here? And he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and he brought me through 
The waters. Somebody say, he brought me through the waters. He brought me through the waters. It was waters to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand. And it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen. Waters to swim in. This Hebrew translation literally means it's waters that a man must swim. You, you can't touch the bottom. You have no control. When you get to this place in the depths of the Spirit of God, it doesn't say He brought me through the waters. Woo. He brought me through the waters at my ankles. He brought me through the waters at my knees. He brought me through the waters of my loins. But the next, the next measurement, I got to water that I couldn't touch the bottom. There was no control in where God was taking me. There was no control in what God was doing because I had been willing to give up control. And when the Lord brought me to it, he said, okay, you got one of two options. You can stay where you can touch or you can come into the deep things of God. And the Bible said, Ezekiel said in this vision, he said, I got off in this deep water. It was water that I had to swim in. It was water that I could not pass over. And he said unto me, verse 6, son of man, hast thou seen this? Have you seen what I'm trying to tell you? Then he brought me and he caused me to return to the bank of the river. And when I had returned, I want to help somebody right here. When I had returned at the bank of the river, there were many trees on the one side and on the other. I want you to notice this. While he was in the deep waters that the Lord had taken him to, the landscape of the bank had changed. He starts talking about trees that he didn't talk about when he let him in. I'm telling some of you that are trying to figure out how to fix it at home, you got to let the Spirit fix it in you. He said, when I got into the deep things of the Spirit of God, trees started growing in my life. There was fruit that started growing. It wasn't there when I controlled it. It was there when the Spirit of God led me deeper. I know this morning some of you would have been shouting if I had been preaching about miracle signs and wonders. But I'm telling you that what I'm preaching to you right now is the only way we're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. We are so satisfied with the superficial. The Spirit of God is trying to take us deeper. In the last Babylonian captivity, we never read of the Ark of the Covenant again. It was taken, and really, as far as biblically speaking, within the canon... There's nothing else talked about it. But what we do know, and church, I need you to stay with me for just a minute. Please don't get distracted. Those kids will be cute in five minutes. I need you to stay with me right here because the Spirit of God is about to speak to us. In that temple, there was no Ark of the Covenant behind the veil. But they continued in the traditions that they knew, their religious traditions. They continued to worship. And there was no glory in the house. But the Bible said that when Jesus gave up the ghost, that the veil was rent in twain from top to bottom. But it's something interesting that happened, Sister Jenny. It said when that happened, the sky had grown dark. 
Sometimes God tries to show us things in the dark because he knows we got to look hard to find them. And I've heard it preached all my life that the veil was rent in twain from top to the bottom so that now we could go into the Holy of Holies. There's no biblical precedence for that. Because the Holy of Holies, matter of fact, Pompeius the Great, you'll read, I believe it was in uh, Josephus, recorded that Pompeius the Great came to the temple and he said, I'm, go- I'm going in there. The guard tried to stop and said, please don't go. This is sacred. It's, it's our tradition. You can't, you can't go. And Pompey said, I'm going in. And, and he said that he, w- he walks into the temple and he goes back to the veil and he goes into the Holy of Holies. And they said, Pompeius the Great came out and he stood on the porch of the temple and he goes, why are you making such a big ado over an empty room? There's nothing in there. But they were so happy with their tradition. No glory behind the veil, but that don't matter. No power, no authority. But hey, we're going to go every day. And Jesus rinsed the veil in twain from top to bottom. So man didn't do it. Had to be from the top to the bottom. The Bible said that it opened up. And what could men see? Oh, they could see that now men can go in. Nope. What they saw was that it was an empty room. What they saw, oh God. What men could see is that what they thought was trapped in that room was hanging on a tree. The glory of God was not trapped behind a veil. The glory of God was in the manifested person of Jesus Christ walking the earth. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. While they were looking to the traditions of men to suffice them, the glory of God said, let me expose to you that you're never going to get satisfied through the traditions of men. You're going to have to go to a deeper place in the spirit where you can hear the voice of God. I want us to bow our heads all over this house. I don't know this morning if folks are just listening or if the enemy's trying to distract her. What's going on in the room this morning? But I'm telling you what I'm preaching. I know is the will of God. God has been calling some of you to a deeper level. There's people in this room right now that I know. Not because you've told me, but because I felt that God's been calling some of you to fast. God's been calling some of you to extended fastings. God's been calling you to deeper levels of prayer. And as soon as you say, yep, I'm going to start praying at this time every day. When your alarm goes off for the first time, it's easier for you to just stay in the bed. And you feel more tired than you felt for months. Just stay right there. The Spirit of God's been leading you to deep. I'm I'm asking this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's no shame in here. I'm not here to put anybody in hell. But I'm just here to tell you, if the Spirit of God has been calling you to a deeper place, but you've been rejecting the voice of God, I want you to slip out and make your way to the front. This doesn't make you a sinner. This just means that God's been calling us to a deeper place, but we haven't been going. Come on, nobody's watching you right now. You know that God has been speaking to you. You felt the Spirit of God leading you, saying, come deeper. Come deeper. We've been saying, but God, but but what about, what if I have to give up some hours on this? And what if I have to, God, what if I have to do that? Listen, when the Spirit's calling, He's going to give you provision for what you need in that moment. Oh, God, thank you for obeying the Lord this morning. 
If just the number of people that are stepping out in obedience to the Holy Ghost today will get the revelation that I'm preaching to you, this building will not contain the revival that God is about to send to this church. God, you've been calling me deeper, but I've been debating with your spirit as to whether or not I want to. God, I know I have a calling on my life, but if I embrace that calling, then I have to reject some of the things that I love in this world. Come on, church. Come on, church. Oh, God. Woo. God, I've been reaching. I've been reaching, Lord. Oh, I wish somebody would just respond to the Holy Ghost right now. If the Spirit of God's been speaking to you, I'm asking you to speak to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, speak to the Spirit of God right now. Speak to the Spirit of God right now. Oh, God. I'll say yes to your will, Lord. I'll say yes to your will, Lord. Oh. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. God, we want to launch out into the deep. We want to launch out into the deep. Jesus. If you're willing to answer the call of the deep this morning, just want you to let your heart respond to God right now. Say yes to his will and yes to his way. God, whatever you want for me to do, I'll do it. How long do you have to fight that conviction before it ceases coming? How long? How long do you have to ignore that voice before it stops speaking? There's such a prophetic anointing in this room right now. I hope somebody will hear the voice of God. Some may be sitting in this room right now saying, Pastor, I haven't heard from the voice of the Lord in so long. I don't even know. I couldn't tell you the last time I heard from the Lord. Well, let me let you search your heart right now. I'm going to tell you why you haven't heard from Him. It's because we haven't responded to what He said the last time. And God doesn't keep repeating Himself. God's Spirit is going to draw us. And when we finally decide we don't want to do what He's called us to do, He's going to quit beckoning us. But if you'll reach out to the Lord this morning and say, God, whatever it was you were speaking to me, would you speak it one more time and I'll hear your voice and I'll obey. God, whatever you were speaking to me. Come on, I'm telling you, God's inviting some of you to get sin out of your life this morning. God's inviting some of you. There is such prophetic anointing in this room right now. You've been fighting battles in your life. You've been fighting secret sin in your life. And the Holy Ghost is inviting you today to get rid of it so you can go deeper. Oh. This is not the kind of preaching that we just run the aisles and dance and shout to. But it's the kind of preaching that somebody can change your life forever right now. With one decision. God, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. 
Shatayanda yala bahai. Speak, Lord. Could we stand all across the house today? Let's just let's just have a moment of transparency in this altar this morning, church. I love to preach when we all rejoice. But I'm coming to you today as the shepherd of this church, standing on the wall watching for your soul. And I want to I just want us to have a moment of transparency. And I want us to be real right now that. The greatest battles we fought in our own personal lives over the last six months are not because of demons that have manifested. Our greatest battles that we have fought are not because we've had demonic powers that have possessed us and we've been a mess. I'm going to tell you the number one fights and troubles and struggles that you've had have been because of your flesh. Come on, I know I'm in the Holy Ghost. And we've been blaming it on the devil. Well, the devil's been fighting, so I'm not getting close to God. Listen, the devil can't keep you from getting close to God. The devil don't keep us out of prayer rooms, and the devil don't keep us out of church. I keep me out of the prayer room, and I keep me out of the church. Come on now. If I'm going to go deeper, it's going to be because I'm intentional with the effort. Every day, I've got time for God. Folks. If we've got time for Dr. Phil and we've got time for Louis L'Amour and we've got time for so-and-so, we've got time for Jesus. Come on. We've got time to make a dollar. We've got time for Jesus. Oh, I wish I felt like the Holy Ghost was done this morning. Could we just lift our hands one more time? I, I, I just want to infringe on your comfort. I carried this to the platform this morning and I don't feel like the word is released but somebody needs to hear the voice of God this morning Woo. we can only go there by a level of consecration that we've never had before we can only see deeper things in God when we let him take us to a deeper place